Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yak Shamash, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kilbasa King King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter SB Nation. Make sure you guys check out all your spring football fix. Get that adrenaline of pigskin rolling through your blood. Once again, you know, Badgers now into their second week of uh, full uh, spring practices. Uh, we had Owen Reese out there earlier today. Make sure you check out his analysis. I'll be out there tomorrow night uh, and also talk to head coach Paul Christ. Make sure you guys check out Facebook and uh, for all that stuff. And, uh, real quick, this is, you know, big time of the year. Obviously, football around the corner. Scott Wisniewski, the Polish rifle, is with us remotely. And big show today. Uh, we're going to talk some, of course, this isn't the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza without professional wrestling. Why is that, you ask? Well, quite frankly, that's how Scotty and I met. Scotty was my first promoter uh, ever uh, in terms of uh, the uh, Pizze Dizze. Uh, and we, uh, you know, and, and, and just, he, I credit Scotty with guiding me in the right direction when I was training for, for, for indie wrestling. So I thank him. Uh, completely, and I owe like a lot of my success. In, well, if you can, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I had such a good time in the ring there, and so you know, uh, so we're gonna talk about WrestleMania. And so we'll talk about that at the end of the show, and we'll also talk some Milwaukee Brewers in just a second. Uh, real quick though, uh, just announced on Twitter. Walk on this way, the ongoing legacy of the Wisconsin football walk on tradition. Uh, is uh, going to be have a book signing on Wednesday, or not Wednesday, on Monday, April third, six to seven p.m. at the Barnes and Noble West Town Mall. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have Alex Erickson now with the Cincinnati Bengals. We have ten-year NFL veteran, the walk-on of walk-ons, now defensive coordinator of the Wisconsin Badgers, Jimmy Leonard's join us. We have place kicker Andrew Endicott, a good friend of the show, joining us. It's going to be off the wall. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. It's only 6 to 7 p.m., so make sure you guys get to Barnes & Noble off Mineral Point Road on the west side of Madison, Wisconsin. So now that i got my cheap plug out of the way, and uh, you got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski here. Scotty, you know, a little bit of a wind tunnel there, but that's all right. Uh, what, you know, hopefully it's not as windy for opening day for the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, it's some news today with Matt Garza going on the 10-day or the 10 or 15-day PL. Uh, and, uh, it, but we're only, you know, the day after WrestleMania, it's opening day for baseball. Yeah, and I'm excited. I mean, this is my time of the year. I mean, I to me, I know the NFL is the 365-day-a-year sport, but I can talk baseball any day, uh, 365 days out of the year if I could. So I'm excited. Uh, again, the Brewers probably a 75-win team, but the future is not now. The future is next year and the years after with their young prospects in AAA. But, you know, I think this team's going to be able to hit a little bit. I think they'll be fun to watch. Don't know that they have enough pitching, though, and um, – I guess, unfortunately, if Matt Garz is one of the guys you're still leaning on, you know, that's never a good sign. And obviously, in the case of Matt Garza, I think they're going to give him, once he's healthy and off the DL, April to prove himself, and then maybe they just cut bait with him if he, if they, if he can't pitch well enough for people to be interested in trading for him. No, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, with the Garza stuff, I kind of wanted to hit, hit it on this real quick. Him being put on the DL right before the season, is that like just some premonition, like a, a fake injury gimmick? Or what's, what's you know, or is it just, you know, he's legit, legitimately, you know, I, I guess that's my question there is uh, what, you know, what does that mean when it comes to the fact of, of him going to the other? Is it something, is this something substantial or have you seen in the past? Is this something maybe um, them looking to find a way to get rid of him? Well, I mean, I've seen that with other teams in the past, to be quite honest. 
there's no reason to do that with Matt Garza. If you don't want him to pitch, then just get rid of him. I mean, seriously, I know people say you don't want to eat all that contract. They've got the lowest payroll in baseball, Jake. You know, Matt Garza's not a guy you keep on your team. Sometimes you keep a veteran around because that veteran can show the young guys how to play the game right. Matt Garza's not that guy. Kurt Neuenhaus is that guy. Kurt Newenhouse is on this team because he brings value to the clubhouse. Matt Garza doesn't. Honestly, if it, he's, he's going to be on this team because they hope that he can do something in four or five starts that make other teams want him. Otherwise, I think they're going to outright release him at some point this year. There's no reason to keep a guy like Matt Garza on a rebuilding team. Yeah. And so you're looking at now the, the fact with um, facing the Rockies, uh, you know, let me ask you like some questions. Uh, you know, Junior Guerra's the the opening day starter. How long? I mean, obviously it depends upon how well he pitches. I know his spring training towards the you know the last couple of starts weren't necessarily fabulous by that matter. But you know, what do you? I mean, what do you see out of the starting pitching? You know, what do you see out of the him? And 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 I mean, obviously he pitches well. You're thinking the Brewers are probably going to try to ship him, right? To try to get some prospects to some contender. This isn't going to be a contending team, really. But, uh, you know, what do you see out of him uh, this season uh, and the rest of that opening, uh, you know, that, that starting rotation? Well, I think Guerra's a guy who you could deal. Uh, I think Zach Davies is a young guy, and they're going to want to keep him around. If Peralta figures it out, they're going to want to keep him, him around because – he still has some, some chance to be a prospect. Otherwise, they have a bunch of other guys. Jimmy Nelson, I mean, is just a guy. Um, Brett Anderson's a guy. I'm sorry, Chase Anderson is a guy. Uh, Tommy Malone's the only lefty, so he brings some value just because he throws left-handed. But otherwise, they just have a lot of average players, average pitchers filling out this, the rest of this rotation. So... I, again, there's nothing other than watching Davies and see if he could uh, impress. There's a good chance if, if things go south enough, you could see Josh Hader. But I still think with, with the young guys, don't rush them up here. Let Hader, let the other guys, Brinson, let these young players come up together. Unless you're contending. If you're in a wild card race and you have injuries and you need to bring up Hader, do it. Otherwise, let these guys get one more year in the minors and bring them up together. Otherwise, you've got enough bodies to pitch. You've got enough guys that can throw innings and get you through 162 games, even if it's not going to be pretty to watch. Now, you know, we'll get to the bullpen in a second because we'll wrap it up. We'll begin and end with pitchers. But let's talk about, let's talk about infield and talk about the catcher, catching position. Just, you know, Skinner Jeanette, who was moved around everywhere, shipped off. He was waved, picked up by the Reds, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the team that he cheered for as a kid. But, you know, you have Jonathan Villar at second base. You have, you know, moved over there. You have Jesus Aguilar, who just had a fabulous, uh, I think that's the second time I've said fabulous today. I'm kind of hyped up on and amped up on Diet Pepsi uh, with all the, the book stuff going on. But, you know, you have him, like, having a huge spring there. Uh, what, what do you see out of this team? Uh, uh, Scotty? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Uh, you know, I, I think the infield is going to be interesting, and in some ways it's a whole new infield. Arcia came up at the end of the year last year, but this is his first time breaking camp as, as the guy. You got Shaw at third base. You got Thames at first. Aguilar had a great spring. We'll see if that turns into anything. And VR is really the, the holdover, but he's playing a different position. So it's like a whole new dynamic there in the infield. Let's not forget Hernan Perez, who can play anywhere outfield, infield. He's going to be your master utility guy. Um, you know, the infield's strong. Uh, I think maybe the strength of this team, because outfield has questions. I mean, Bronze, you know, he's great when he's healthy. I, I don't know what you got with Santana yet. He was hurt a lot. And I really don't know what you have with Keon Broxton, even though all the experts say he's going to have a breakout year. I guess I'm yet to see what they see when when it comes to that, though. I I don't understand where they see that breakout season coming from. Really, I mean, I know some people refer to him as like a five-tool player, if I'm mistaken. Like, what's the? 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, intrigued to see what he does. I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I'm wondering too where, you know, pe- people have talked about Brett Phillips. I think more for his laugh than his actual playing ability at times. I know he didn't necessarily have a great spring, I thought, uh, but you know, I know he was sent down to minor league camp. Um, but you know, like where are these like uh, Lewis Brinson? I think who got, the Brewers got in a trade. What else do you think's going on with that? You know, like I mean, like the prospects. I mean, like, who do you think could be? I obviously, we're looking way down the line, right? But like, who are some of these guys that you think you know that this Cam Braxton could break out? But who other? I mean, maybe who's on the you know who's on the the twenty five man roster right now? Who could have a breakout year? No. But then who who could have you know who could well, be called up and have a big year? I I don't know if they're they're not calling any of those guys up. I'm telling you, they're not going to. Um, if there's injuries, they'll play with Perez and and Neuenheis if they have to. I, I just think they're going to wait. But it's interesting you mentioned Brett Phillips because when a trade happened with Houston a few years ago, Brett Phillips was the cornerstone of that trade. And uh, to be quite honest, he's probably the fourth best outfielder prospect in the minors now. You know, he's been passed up a little bit because he had a bad year last year and some other guys had some really good years. As far as Keon Broxton, you know, you can call him a 5 a guy all you want, but as far as I'm concerned – I don't think the Brewers, or I'm sorry, the Pirates, get rid of a guy, even with their stacked outfield, for as little as they got rid of him for if he's a 5 tool guy. We'll see. I mean, and we will certainly see. He does have a little power. He does have a little speed. He's got a good glove. I think he's above average at a lot of things, but I don't think he's going to be the superstar that some people, for some reason, are predicting now. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it, I mean, we'll, obviously we'll see when he gets called up and, and if he gets called up and, and go from there. Um, just with this, you know, I'll, I mean, let's talk Brian Braun. You know, like, I mean, yeah, do you think he ever gets traded? Do you, do you feel like he has the ability? Oh, you are really windy out there, brother. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy windy out here. Um, I, You know, I could see a trade, but... If these guys in the minors develop, they're going to have to because he's blocking their path. At this year, he's not blocking anybody's path. The Brewers want to keep those guys together. Don't start that clock as far as their 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 uh, playing time. You know they'll bring them all up next year. So this year, I think Braun probably stays with the team, and if he has a really good season, they may trade him in the off season. Uh, because, like I said, right now. At this moment, he's not standing in anybody's way. But eventually, I don't think he'll finish that contract as a brewer. Yeah, I mean, you'd think if he has a good year, then it's going to branch out to something more, you know? Like, I mean, there has to be some team willing to take a chance on him at some point. I mean, how many years does it take? I mean, obviously, and he'll always have that stain on his career, right? He's always going to have that that mark of the PED or whatever you want to call what he had lozenges, that illegal substance on his record forever. But it only, you know, it, it's been years past now and, he, and he's still playing well. And so, you know, now, I mean, albeit he has to take days off and something, he had to freeze his thumb or whatever, but there has to be some team down the road. You'd think, right. That would, that would take it on if they have a chance at the pennant. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, really, the only reason teams were leery last year is they want to make sure that these nagging injuries aren't anything to worry about. His salary by the end of next year is going to be peanuts. I mean, it'll be a lot to the Brewers because he'll be 40% of their payroll, but it'll be peanuts uh, for what he can do and what teams are paying people. Now, look at how the salaries are continuing to go up. So if he can prove that he's healthy and he can play 140 games a year for a team, absolutely somebody will trade for him. So I, I don't think you have to worry about that, again, unless he has a catastrophic injury, and then, of course, then all bets are off. Yeah. So, no, it's uh, it, it'll it be fun to see. Um, but, you know, who, I guess, with catcher, let's talk catcher. Like, who who's going to stand out? You know, like, I mean, it's obviously get rid of the Luke Croy. You you know more about baseball. I mean, are, are the catchers satisfactory right now? Are they what's going through? You know, like what do you feel coming from this from the backs up there? Well, they are just satisfactory. I've heard great things about Bandy defensively. Pena had a good camp. I thought Susek has the best upside, but he's probably he's going to start on a DL and probably start in the minors unless 
Pena or Bandy just struggle mightily. None of these guys are great. I think they're better hitters, though, overall than Maldonado. We'll see if they're going to be better defensively than Maldonado. And none of these guys are Jonathan Lucre, of course. Um, they're very serviceable. And, and, you know, other than Nottingham, I, they don't really have a lot in their minor league system when it comes to catching. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that position if and when this team starts to become a contender. Yeah. Uh, finishing up with the bullpen, just what do you see out of the – what do you see out of that? I mean, you know, Thornburg shipped off, and now it looks like he might be having some trouble with with his arm with the Red Sox. I know, obviously, Will Smith's been gone since last year, and he's having, looks like possible, was if I'm mistaken, Tommy John surgery. Uh, I mean, I know they signed a guy to be, you know, a possible closer. What are you seeing out of the bullpen uh, in this season? Well, the bullpen's much like the starting rotation. There's nobody great. Uh, but they've got enough bodies to make it through the season. So you wonder if Knable takes the next step or if Torres can have a better year or if Feliz does hold on to the closer job or get dealt at the trade deadline if he's having a good year because he is a veteran closer. But again, there's nobody great. They don't have the depth they had to start the season last year, but there's nobody terrible either. That's why this is like your quintessential you know, just under 500, 75, 76 win team. There's nothing that's going to make you go, wow, that guy is great. And there's, but I also think there's very few guys who are going to say, oh, these guys are horrible. Don't put him in. Don't do this. And they have enough bodies, even in the minors, to withstand some injuries. They're not going to do anything foolish with their real prospects. They're just going to grind it out this year and get through it with the, with the veterans they have and the serviceable players they have. And next year, you're going to see six, seven guys come up together, and that's that's going to hopefully be that nucleus for the new rebuild. Uh, going real quick, one last question about opening it before the uh, Brewers take the field at Miller Park. And by the way, those concessions looked really good. We need to get on that. We should have gotten on that that list, uh, getting some of that free food over at Miller Park for some of the media over there uh, yesterday. What uh, NL Central, Cubbies, are they the – are they the the key? Or, I mean, is this going to be the uh, beginning of the dynasty? No one's, yeah, nobody's touching them in this division. You know, the Cardinals don't have enough. The Pirates don't have enough. I like what Washington did. I like what uh, the Dodgers have done. I think those are the teams that challenge the Cubs. You know, the Cubs are the team that beat. That doesn't mean they're going to win a World Series every year. Baseball's a weird sport. They almost didn't win a World Series last year. So they could... I think they're going to repeat and go to the World Series, but it wouldn't shock me to see Washington do it. They've put some pieces together. The thing that makes the Cubs dangerous is, you know, their major league, their 25 guys are strong, probably the best in baseball, one through 25, and they still have a pretty stocked minor league too. They still have guys that could come up if somebody gets hurt and contribute right away. That's what makes them dangerous. The Brewers have a great farm system, but maybe not a great major league team. Cubs have both still. They still have a very good farm system. They haven't completely drained it by trading guys away or bringing them up. So that's going to make them dangerous for quite some time. Now, uh, talking real quick, um, you know, we'll, we'll save like a, a year interview for Badgers basketball coming up. You and I have some uh, some things to take care of later on the night. Let's talk about the one thing with uh, we're talking about sure uh it is this sunday obviously the final four is coming up we'll give our final four picks at the end of the show but our, mm-hmm. our, our national champion uh there because kansas decided to lose to oregon uh terribly uh and then uh but you know you have the fact with wrestlemania in between the the national semifinals and then the final uh, on, on monday the national championship game uh, in between that on sunday there is wrestlemania you and I both love it. We watch it. Hopefully, we're going to watch it together on Sunday evening. This is a big, you know. It's, it's. I mean, I, I look. You see some of the reports, and you see some of the, the the stadium there in Orlando, and just the efforts they're putting into that. It's insane, man. I mean, this is a pretty. I mean, they always amp up production each year. Uh, and, and yeah, we'll see how. I mean, we'll see how like the, the card is. But you know, I guess I kind of going to the card. Are you excited for? Well- it? Well, before you do that, I, 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 I have made it a goal now. I have to get to WrestleMania. And I was at WrestleMania 13, and it was not the show that it has become now. You know, there's like 200 indie wrestling shows happening in the Orlando area. 
including Ring of Honor, NXT, some other high profile. I mean, it, it's, yes, you have the main show, but there's so much good wrestling going on in Florida. Well, starting, I guess starting last night, I, I got to get down there one year and just gorge out on as much wrestling as I can, catch the Hall of Fame, which is always my favorite part of WrestleMania weekend, and then catch WrestleMania. I, I, we have to make this something we do before, before our time is up. Right, absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it's we have to do something like that. I mean, and then maybe next year we'll we'll get we'll have to get some of the guys on as well. Uh, we we try to get we try to get Austin Aries on. He's a Milwaukee native. He is wrestling the he is wrestling on the WrestleMania kickoff show against Neville, which should be I think it's going to be a really hell of a fun time to watching those guys go. Uh, and NXT, uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, who hails from Milwaukee now? He, you know, he's. I think he's from out east, but uh, moved to Milwaukee. Uh, was I believe if I'm not mistaken, billed from Milwaukee uh, when we saw mm-hmm. him from uh, NXT uh, when they came last January to Turner Hall in Milwaukee. He is on NXT. Let's you know, even before we get to the card, let's just talk about how just you and you're still in wrestling. I I bowed out back in 2011 in October, uh, after before the birth of my first son. And this is a Wisconsin though is a hotbed for wrestling. Let's talk about you, you have Austin Aries now in the WWE. You have same with Tommaso Ciampa at down in NXT, which is WWE's quote unquote. They're not even developmental. This they're a different brand. So you have two guys there. Let's look at Ring of Honor, who's now at like tomorrow night the uh, Super Card of Honor. You know you have Beer City Bruiser. You have Silas Young as uh, you know as a faction there, both from Milwaukee, trained around the Milwaukee area. Uh, and, and you know, and, and the Beer City Bruiser even trained down with Harley Race down in Missouri for a time being. But you know, before that, other guys that have wrestled for you know for the WWE like Hornswoggle or Swoggle now, he's running a promotion right, right, right. in ACW. There's just an, you know, Mr. Kennedy uh, now, Mr. Anderson. He they've there's a huge influx of just Wisconsin's a hotbed for wrestling. Simply put. Yeah, it it is, and it's it's a little different style than even Illinois and some of their stuff that goes on. No, it's fun, and I've said it for years, even on his show, and talked about some of the great local shows that are around, and uh, people really need to get out to them, to be honest with you, and, and they do themselves a disservice when they don't. But um, I, I will say this before we get into the card. I'm a little disappointed that the kickoff show is where they're putting the cruiserweight match simply because they went out of their way to build the cruiserweight up so much, but then they can't even get them on the main part of, of WrestleMania. That's a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I'll agree. I, I, I made that note on Facebook or on Twitter too, where uh, the one thing I will say is that, yeah, I think Austin Han- Aries handled it really well. I don't know if you saw his comments on Twitter saying that they're elevating, that he's looking to elevate it, that pre-show and the kickoff to make it watch. So, I mean, yeah, you'll have to get if you're able to make it to our, my house. You know, get there by five because that's when the show's going to be. So they're going to. I mean, it's going to be legitimately. You're looking legitimately at, um, you know, how many hours of of wrestling. So you know, it'll have to be much must watch TV. And I think those guys are going to put on a heck of an outing. Uh, you know, even though it's not technically part of the main show, but I do agree. You want to see? I mean, especially with our. You know, I, I got a bias. You know, I. You know, you've worked with them uh, before on on a couple indie shows, and I, you know, I worked on a show that he was on when I was still doing it back ten, twelve years ago. So it is, you know, it, it, you want to see it. I'm look, I am looking forward to that to their match, uh, no matter where it is. And I think he handled it with a lot of grace. Uh, on that note, I would like to have him on them on the main card compared to the some of the musical acts they may have uh, personally. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. Other than that, uh, I mean, let's let's look at the rest of the card, right? Let's... Well, if, if if my math is right, I'm counting 14 matches. So the other thing before we get into it is it'll be interesting to see what gets cut because they always run over on certain things, and then you'll see a match that you're kind of looking forward to, and it'll get like five minutes, and you'll go, hmm, I wonder what they had to cut, why they had to cut that. You know what I'm saying? So, um but yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start top or bottom? I'm not even sure I know, even though the posters are saying Goldberg and Brock. I'm not even sure what the main event is. I mean, I, I kind of hope not. Um, I, you just don't know how it's going to go. Like, it, it, I mean, uh, we'll see. Like, I'm not necessarily... 
It could be. I think it will be. But I mean, it has to go Brock on that end. Let's start with them. Let's. I mean, oh yeah. yeah. I I like the way they've built it up, and, and they've utilized the strengths. You know what I mean? Like they've utilized their uh, how they've run the storylines exactly. How they, they're not going to get a, a five to ten minute match out of Goldberg, and they've used it as like him being the kryptonite to Brock starting back at SummerSlam, where he surprised them, <laughs> and now he's on his. You know. Uh, and this this has to be the payoff where Brock gets that huge win, but I don't know how yeah. like I don't know how long he'll go. I don't know how long it should go, but I think the story's been good for what they've been what they're doing. Uh, and yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think they could go more than ten, which is why I don't know that that should be the main event. But yeah, clearly the payoff is for Brock to win this match. Uh, they they set it up that way. I love the way they booked it though because let's be honest. They've gotten seven, eight months of mileage out of Goldberg, and nobody ever saw that coming a year ago. So kudos to them. They've made him relevant again. They made people who might not have remembered how much he contributed to WCW's success, even though uh, some people don't want to agree with it. He was very uh, important and integral in that, and it's nice to see the WWE drop the grudge because, let's face it, they won the Monday Night War. You don't need to keep burying that product. Um, so anyway, I, I think they've done it right. They, they've made him relevant, and this will be it for him. He will ride off into the sunset, and we'll have another run from another part-timer who will defend the belt every three or four months. And then, you know, let, let's go to the WWE Championship match, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Uh, like the build-up there, we already, we're, you know, I, I actually liked Randy Orton within the, the Wyatt family. It kind of gave him something to do with his character. And kind of the Viper plus the Wyatt family, I always thought was really intriguing. Uh, you know, I had always thought like a cool idea would have been have like you know a guy like Orton, then you know Bray, and then Luke Harper, but then throwing a team like the Ascension, where I mean they're not, not given anything to do, but you know kind of have like they're always like an apocalyptic Illuminati type thing. I thought that they could have blended well together. Maybe it's just me talking on my arse. But, um, yeah. but, you know, I, I think Bray and Randy, I mean, they've had a decent storyline, uh, you know, a little bit of the supernatural going on. Uh, you know, do you think Bray, I don't know, I feel like Bray holds on to this, though. I, I mean, I kind of want him to, to go the heel, as a heel champion. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, and I don't even know in this feud that he's the heel after what Randy did. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I, the supernatural stuff you can keep though, because I think there's enough for that just by having Undertaker on the card. I, I wasn't a big fan of all that buildup. I thought it was kind of hokey and stupid. However, I'm looking forward to the match, and I don't think there's any payoff in letting Randy win. I mean, you built up Bray Wyatt by having him cleanly beat John Cena twice uh, in match. I should say in matches that he was involved in twice. As far as I'm concerned, you got to keep that on him and keep the momentum building. Side note to that, you talked about the White family and in Ascension. I'm disappointed the last month with how they've pretty much uh, been disinterested and, and done nothing with the SmackDown tag titles. Hopefully that changes after WrestleMania. My thought is they did it because there just wasn't any room for it on the WrestleMania card, so they made it insignificant. I'd like to see that tag team division and SmackDown get better, but that's for after Mania. Uh, for this one, I'd like to see why it hold on to it. Yeah, and, you know, like talking about the tag team division, and I mean, honestly, I would love to have, you know, I, I, I maybe I'm just, I enjoy good heel work, but I thought Breezango is a great act. I think they'd be great heel cha champions. They'd be the the, the heelish cowders type. I really like their gimmick, and they get over huge. Um, but you know, maybe I'm yeah. just. Maybe I'm in the minority there, but I've always enjoyed watching Tyler Breeze work and what they've done being paired together. Um, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I would have liked to see him do more with American Alpha and have some sort of tie-in to Kurt Angle since you know he's going to be here this, this weekend. But again, but whatever. Uh, the other big match that one that's been rumored to be the uh, main event possibly. Um, uh, Reigns and uh, uh, Undertaker. They could be a team. That could be a main event too. But I don't know if the fans will be happy with the payoff on that one if you have Reigns go over. Right. 
I mean, I think Reigns. I think Reigns has to go over in that one. I, I just you hearing about like yeah, the reports and whether or not they're true or not, just uh, or or fully you know vetted where it's uh, under, you know his he's Undertaker's hurting. I, I think it's just one of the things where Reigns will have to. I think it for the for the good of you know like they already with with Lesnar they already took the allure out of the the wins you know the the one loss out of that. But uh, you know, so but I think I think you need to have Reigns go. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree, and and I think if if you don't, yeah, let me take over. Not only have you harmed Reigns, but you've also harmed Braun Strowman, who reigns cleanly. And now you push him down the ladder, and there goes any push or rub you're gonna get out of it. And second, yeah, no, you're breaking up just a little bit, brother. But uh, looking right now, um. Let's go to the next match. Let's, let's go down the line. What, what's on the card for WWE.com? Power couples collide. John Cena and Nikki Bella versus Miz uh, and Memories. Uh, let me just say that's. It's been a fun. You take a look at what the Miz has done. Like I'm a fan of the Miz. Now it goes back to him being on the real world. Like I always, enjoy, you know, he always. I always enjoyed Miz and. Uh, since he was a wrestling fan, but I mean, he's taken his game to a whole new level in, in like the past year, being on SmackDown and given the freedom to, you know, he's blurring the lines between, you know, work and and shoot, and it, it uh, he's, they've done a great job with John, you know, against Cena and Nikki Bella, and, and just, you know, despite, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how good the match is going to be, let's be honest, especially with like Nikki Bella's injury, you know, past injury history, and maybe not necessarily still being a little rusty after being gone for so long uh, as a wrestler. Uh, so I'm sure they'll protect yeah. those two. But, I mean, I, it's been a fun storyline to watch. Yeah, and, and I think the match would be short, but, you know, because of some of that stuff. But here's the thing. I've been a Miz guy for years, too, and, and there's many reasons. So he does this thing his own way, right? He They try to run him out. Guys like JBL, who I think is a horrible and I can't stand anyway. He stays with it. He gets all the way to the point where he's, he's headlining WrestleMania. Then he gets deep pushed by Triple H because he doesn't stop, and now he's back to being relevant again. I just like the tenacity. I like the fact that he wants something bad enough, and he single-handedly has made that happen. Then you have coming up uh, as well the uh, looking at uh, the non-sanctioned match, if you will, which maybe I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like this should have been like the McMahon styles thing, uh, which I'll, we'll talk about next. Uh, but the non-sanction match, Seth Rollins versus Triple H. I'm intrigued to see how long they go. Obviously, Seth, they're playing up the the knee, the right knee injury there. Triple H, a still looks in prime shape. Obviously, uh, you, you saw how you know the past couple of weeks uh, on Raw. Obviously, it's the you know the creator or the the creator story destroyer storyline on his end. Uh, should be fun, but I also wonder just how good Rollins in real life is his knee is, and so I'm wondering what they'll actually pull off uh, on uh, on Sunday. I'm sure they'll have a brawl, and I know there's a lot of people who are up in arms about oh no, they're part timer and trips, but the storyline makes sense. They, they, I think they have to do this uh, just because of how you know it was Hunter that brought Rollins up and yada yada yada. So. I'm interested to see. Again, I think this is one that could be shorter. They can do some, uh, do some protecting, I should say, of uh, Rollins and his injury. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they could, and, and maybe this is a good thing they didn't. They could have jumped the gun with Finn Balor and brought him back early, but I'm glad they didn't because obviously he'll probably make his re-debut on Monday. Um but same with Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn not being on the card except for the Battle Royal. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I think this is going to be a fun storyline to watch, even if the match is a five-star class. Yeah. Uh, going with that, it would have been fun to see Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Obviously, it wouldn't have worked with the cross-brand stuff. But you have Shane McMahon, AJ Styles. Decent feud. They've been teasing this for a while, which, you know, I really, that's one thing I like with SmackDown is that you're seeing the progression of storylines go, it's not just a quick, you know, it's not a quick burn, it's a slow burn. And so you've slowly seen AJ be more and more mad with mad, uh, with uh, management. I don't even know if he's gotten the, the WWE or the, the championship uh, rematch that he deserves yet. Uh, so uh, it, it should, I mean, 
you know Shan's going to do some stupid stuff where he's going to try to fly off probably whatever chandelier they're calling, you know, part of the ring. Uh, he's going to swing from something to try to give an elbow, go through a table, and then kill himself again. Uh, or attempt, you know, to kill himself. But, it, I mean, AJ can work, is one of those guys that I feel that you could work, especially nowadays, him being older and wiser and, and, and having that knowledge now that he could work a broomstick and, and work a five-star match there. So I feel like this, this should be intriguing. I don't think it's going to be obviously a, a technical masterpiece that maybe you've seen him with, you know, him his, his matches were seen phenomenal. Uh, and, so, and, you know, kudos to both Cena and Styles. But I mean, it should be a fun one. But I don't expect, like, a lot out of it. But maybe that's a good thing because then you're going to see Shane, you know, fly, you know, two rings across to, to hit a, a, you know, a Van Terminator. Sure. And I think Styles obviously has to go over and, strong because he's going to lead that brand. Real quick before we get into the rest of it, we talked about we haven't talked about the Battle Royal. I'll just throw this out there because you'll see guys like Ziggler, Big Show, Strowman, uh, probably Samoa Joe, obviously Zane, um, you know, basically, and then a host of main cards. Um, so I'm disappointed that Ziggler doesn't have a bigger role. I'm disappointed that the only thing they could find for New Day was uh, to host the show. They have a, a triple threat tag match, and New Day is not involved in it. Well, well, you never know. Get you know, like who who knows what will happen with New Day? I mean, you know, they are the hosts, quote unquote. But also, uh, I I do want to see how, you know, like will the Hardys show up? Like, you know, there's all this talk. That, I mean, they're on the Super Card of Honor, obviously. You know, two nights before. Uh, and there's there's rumors, there's talks about them showing. Do they show up the night after WrestleMania? Do they show up? Yeah, you know, possibly maybe the Usos and the Grand. There's not a uh, a tag team match. Is there something that's gonna crawl out of that where they all of a sudden they become tag team champions? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. Those stuff. They want. They you don't. You very rarely do you see the debut or re-debut on Mania. They always save it for that uh, Monday and Tuesday because they. Oh, brother. Be on that day. Yeah. So, I I just think they're gonna I think they're gonna wait till Monday or Tuesday with them. I don't know. I feel like there has to be some surprise though. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it goes against what they do. They don't well, do I, that. I know they don't. I know they don't. But it would just be kind of crazy if all of a sudden. I mean, even if it's just a promo, like it may be something. Just remember, like, they they book Mania like Ted Thompson handles free agents. It's just not gonna happen, man. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Um, quickly down the line, Raw's women's uh, four, Fatal Four Way Championship match. I think Bailey retains. Uh, and then yeah, you see, you too convoluted. Hit. I don't. I don't like the four way in that. Too convoluted. Yeah, Jason Martin, who's on, uh, who's a producer for Clay Travis show on Fox Sports for I'll Kick the Coverage, uh, but he does some work for Cage Side Sad Seats, which is the SB Nation site dedicated to, um, you know, pro wrestling. It, I, you know, he really had a, I mean, he had a great thing. They should have, you know, with the win that she had, wiped it off the books, and then, you know, she wins it at WrestleMania. You know, I'm always, you know, like a Dan, it's a Daniel Bryan moment. I know it's cliche. Everyone was going to see it happen. But, you know, have it against Charlotte there and have a huge match, you know, one-on-one -on -one I think would have been great, uh, in my opinion. I think that would have been, yeah, the way to go. But, I think she retains, I think, to continue the storyline, and then Sasha uh, turns on her the night after. I think that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, that sounds about right. Speaking of convoluted, the uh, SmackDown women's fiasco. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, they, they, they need to build it up. I do like Alexa Bliss. I think she's a great character. I think that she's taken her her shtick over with, uh, they called it Banff back in. Yeah, uh, I loved, loved, her loved her movie, by the way. Which movie is that? Oh yeah, yeah. The one that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Suicide Squad, yeah. Um, anyways, um, you know, I like Becky Lynch. I, yeah, they just need a, and Naomi's back. I think maybe Naomi goes up. Uh, in my opinion, she I have a feeling that she's it's a hometown girl, uh, hometown woman. Uh, you know, and so I think she goes over. Uh, but we'll see about that. Uh, when it comes to on on Sunday. Uh. 
quick uh, quick hitters right here. Jericho Owens, good feud, fun feud, both work well together. Uh, and United States Championship. I think it's another thing where Jericho might take some time off. If it's been said, I think Owens goes over. You know, be part of Triple H's. You know, kind of their his new faction. I think Owens goes over, but it's you know even despite Jericho getting up in age, he can still work, and it should be a fun match. Yeah, I think Owens goes over. I really would love to see them pair Owens, Samoa Joe, and uh, uh, perhaps somebody from NXT. Uh, and make that faction to be their top guy. I don't think it would be rude. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I, what, what do you think would be a good third member of that faction? Uh, if you're looking for, like, the, it's, I don't think it's a, uh, to be fair, I don't think it's a, it's a it's a person. I think it's a tag team. Get the revival. I mean, you're looking for a four-man faction, right? Like, imagine having a guy go for the world title, a guy going for the U.S. or whatever the secondary title is, and then you have the tag team. You know, the Revival is literally the reincarnation, in my opinion, of, like, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew uh, to an extent. And I think they work really well. I even have, like, you know, Dawson working the, the thing where, like, Arn Anderson used to do where he tried to fake the eye, fake the eye uh, poke. A guy would duck down, he hits a DDT. You know, that, that's that's what Arn used to do. Uh, and so I feel like, I don't know, I think it'd be the Revival would be a great ticket. That'd, that'd be a heck of a faction to work with. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I, I agree, but I don't know that Vince and Trips, especially Vince, would put it. How about, what if it was Finn? It was who? Finn Balor. I think Finn would be interesting. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm. But I I'm, think they want to, I, I think that what they're looking to do is do something much like Evolution. We had four superstars. Um, and again, I, I, I like the revival. I I would look it that way, but I don't know if they see them as superstars. But they certainly see Finn Balor. Hey, brother, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. Okay, you cut. Yeah, you cut out a little bit. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I know. I was saying like they don't. I don't think they see the revival as superstars, but they certainly see Balor. No, I can see that too. Maybe it was a, it's a three-man fa uh, faction. Uh, maybe a heel turn on that end would be would be intriguing to, to rejuvenate. And maybe that you know, even with the, that goes into like the club, like they're all in the same brand with Gallows and Anderson, you know, taking on Enzo and Big Cass, and then uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. That you know, it's a the ladder match now. That should be fun, right? Like it should be, it should be interesting. That, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But you know, you brought up the club. I think when they do the the, the draft again, that they should move the club to SmackDown. You could have one faction on Raw, the, the, the Triple H faction, and you could have the club running SmackDown. Then you'd have your heel factions on both shows. Yeah, no, I agree. That that'd be a good thing. Uh, speaking of uh, SmackDown, Ambrose Corbin, you have to think Corbin goes over, right? Like they're building him up big. Uh, he's improved his work work great in my opinion which i don't know if that's actually a real word in, in indie stuff but i mean like just watching him he's progressed i've watched him since nxt and they've built him up like a monster and they've done a really good job in my opinion even with that surprise win in the andre the giant uh, battle royal you know now he's going for the intercontinental championship and it seems like ambrose and corbin have had a, a decent feud so uh it seems like a fun match i i think giving the rub to corbin would be good here yeah, I agree. It seems like, like more than a year ago when Corbin won at Battle Royal, and then they did nothing with him for about nine months, and now they're trying to make him relevant again, which is great. But I, I and and I think they, I think there's still time to make him credible. But they almost missed the boat on that. They, they almost did. I, I don't know what they were thinking for the last, you know, eight months leading up to this push towards WrestleMania. Yeah, and then. Uh, let's see. Last one. I think yeah, we covered everything except for we, Neville and We have. So let me, before we get to that, let me ask you about the battle row. We threw a bunch of names in there that are going to be there. But it has to be Strowman, right? Like, it has to be. Otherwise, it was, the push was worth nothing. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, I think it is. I mean, because he, I think he goes back to feuding with with Reigns after this, right? Like you, that's like seems like the normal progression. Yeah, it was under. Yeah, you know, they kind of took a pause, like a brief pause with the Undertaker feud for Reigns, but 
you'd think he'd come back. You know, you'd think he'd come back, right? You'd think that they'd he'd target him somehow. So I, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, to keep him going strong, I mean, let's say a guy like, I mean, Zayn would be an intriguing one just because now he, you know, fully anointed him as the face. I'm, th I'm thinking he's one of the last two or three guys. Um, you know, if Samoa Joe somehow enters, that could be intriguing on that end. But I think, you know, Braun's the, uh, you know, it'll, maybe in the end, Braun versus... Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, well, but before, but before you go there, if if they put this faction together, and it involves Owens and it involves uh, Samoa Joe and it involves someone else, I would think that's where Reigns and, and Rollins would end up feuding. I think that's where that would go. How about Strowman against Mike? That'd be. I mean, I think the build up for him would that'd be fun. Now, I still feel. I mean, he's improved, but you know how much. I mean. It really depends, like the work. I mean, Brock can still, still can still go right, but it's also one of those things where I don't know if I feel like he's. I don't know how to say it. Like I, I don't know how good it could be. I think the strength of each guy could be intriguing. I don't know how long the match would go. I don't know how if if Braun's still green enough that. You know, you have a guy, you know, obviously Goldberg and Les, you know, Les, they've booked them right because they, they have a little bit of some short, shortcomings and whatnot. And especially with Goldberg's end, more so than Lesnar, I'm just wondering about, I, I, I think it'd be a fun one. I think by the end of the year, maybe next WrestleMania, that could be the big one. If you're well, because Lesnar, Lesnar's got to have somebody. Might it be Samoa Joe? It's got to be somebody, because probably the next pay-per-view he'll defend on will be SummerSlam, but going to have to be marquee right right so no i mean i think they could build him up there um and you know and he's they've done a good job with him it's been a lot of fun watching his character grow and, and kind of grow out of the shadows of the wyatt family um so uh, we'll see how I, I, I yeah like there's some intrigue here uh some things feel predictable other things not uh neville aries i'm kind of in line with uh with uh i think neville I think you hold on to the belt here. It'd be nice to see Aries win, but you know, obviously being a Milwaukee native, you and I both have our bias there. But I think to to really solidify the cruiserweight, I mean, and Neville's put on these great matches, like with Jack Gallagher, you know, last pay per view, I thought was a really fun match, and, and Gallagher uh, stood out huge with his type of offense, and it wasn't just this uh, eccentric character, uh, this eccentric Brit. Uh, I think he really showed. Uh, you know his stuff there, uh, and I think Neville. Like, I think he holds on to the belt. I think they continue to build up more and more. I would love to see once he comes back from injury, like a Cedric Alexander, uh, who popped really in, in the the cruiserweight classic. I think that'd be a fun match. These two should put on a on a on a heck of a maybe a ten. Yeah, maybe if they give him ten fifteen minutes, you know, or for sure if they can give him fifteen minutes, I think it's going to be a hell of a game, a hell of a match. Yeah, I think they will. Uh, I, I will tell you this. Two things happen: either Aries wins because then it makes the kickoff show seem oh, you better not miss the kickoff show next year, or if he loses, you see a heel turn within the next couple weeks. Right, which I mean, I think you and I all know. I mean, and most people know he's better as a heel than a face. Um, and you know, he's he's less of a heel, obviously, against Neville, who's kind of gone a Game of Thrones type anger type thing going on. But um, I don't know. I think it'll be a um yeah no i'm just uh yeah i'm it'll be fun to see what happens and i mean i think they've done a better job with the cruiserweights lately compared to what they did before uh when they first when they first started put on part of the main roster um anything else uh i mean i'm looking forward to the hall of fame ddp my favorite childhood wrestler uh you have Rock and Roll Express, that's going to be yeah. huge. Yeah, Rock and Roll Express, Kurt Angle, Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, you know, Beth Phoenix. But really? It should be. Yeah, yeah. Rock yeah, Beth Phoenix. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know that, but I'm, 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 I'm I think the Rude thing will be interesting. Um, DDP, and then, you know. Who's uh, inducting DDP, do we know? Bischoff. Instead of Jake Roberts or instead of Scott Hall, which is kind of, I, I would have liked those two because I, I mean I think those would have been the obvious ones. 
but transfers. Yeah, but we saw Gabe Davis start. I, honestly, I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense. I just think it's interesting that Bischoff and Cornette will be in the same building as them. And you can't forget Heyman, and then you have, and then you have Vince too. So you have like all four major promoters from the 1990s there, or you know, or that have. I mean, Cornette, I will. Cornette came from Smoky oh. Mountain, but I mean, you have these major players. You know, like I, I'm intrigued. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun. So I, I think we sufficiently we went way longer than we wanted to, but I guess we got on a, on a rest break. Absolutely, yeah, it happens. Uh, on that note, uh, I got nothing else except, like I said, uh, we got some great stuff going on the next couple of days. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, and, and next Monday, check out the, the book signing. Uh, it is uh, March, March, April 3rd, Monday, 6 p.m., Barnes & Noble uh, on the west side of Madison. Alex Erickson, Jimmy Leonard, Andrew Endicott should be a heck of of a uh, book signing. Make sure you guys get down there. Really fortunate to have those guys uh, take place, uh, take part in it. Uh, should be, like I said, one heck of a good time. So uh, anything else that you got, brother? Uh, no, that, that about covers it. Yeah. Um, other than that, you guys have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy, if you guys are wrestling uh, fans, enjoy WrestleMania, enjoy NXT, enjoy the Hall of Fame. If not, enjoy basketball. Should be a lot of fun to uh, to watch the national semifinals and then the, um, the you know, obviously on Monday the national cha- championship game um, yeah. for the Polish. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, prediction. I, yes. I wanted to go North Carolina, South Carolina, but I'm hearing of some nagging injuries in the South Carolina camp, which means I might have to be stuck watching North Carolina beat the Diego. But I'd like to see a battle of the Carolinas. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of would too. I'm leaning towards that route. I like South Carolina and their defense and this how they play hard. Frank Martin seems like a tough guy, uh, but uh, the players love him. Should be interesting. Um, yeah, it will you know. be. It will be. I'm looking, and then I'll, I'll be obviously having to be flipping back and forth between Raw and the championship. Absolutely. Should be a good time, though. Uh, for the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jake Kokorowski. Tune in next week. We'll talk Bucks probably because they are now on a roll. Uh, and now you have uh, – I will talk some Brewers. Uh, we'll talk some more Badger Spring practice. Uh, hopefully get some audio from that. And uh, we'll talk a lot more here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.